0: Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Dan Devine is the senior NBA writer at Yahoo Sports. He joins us starting now each and every Thursday on the program. Of course, he's on Twitter at your man, Dan, it's great to have you back. So let's start off with the most important thing. Uh, praise the Memphis Grizzlies. I'm sorry. So what was the question? Just praise the Memphis Grizzlies. That's what. <laughs> that's all we want to hear about. Just praise. Oh, praise. Okay. Us. Yeah. Praise. Oh, wow. I yeah. It great. I was going to be like. No. I don't know. What's higher
1: than A? Um, yeah. They. They've been incredible. And I think there was. Uh, I, I know that there were. There was uh, some sort of question heading into the season, like there was kind of two ways people were, were pegging the Grizzlies. One was like, I don't know, man, 56 wins is a really high bar to hit again, and, like, the, the West was a little bit down last year, and now this team's going to be healthy and that team's going to be healthy. And so there was a sense of, like, progress isn't always linear. You don't want to expect, like, it's just going to keep going upward. And then the other side of it was like, oh, right, the Grizzlies kind of weren't all the way healthy last year. And those guys are all young. And, yeah, progress might not be linear, but if, like, one or two guys keeps getting better, holy cow, like, you could kind of see an even bigger leap coming. And, man, it's been the latter. It's been, like, but what if you put both sides of Jaron Jackson together? They're the you know, the running off screen shooter guy and taking people off the bounce guy we saw the first couple of years with the defensive player of the year caliber guy last year. And what if Ja is a little bit better and you know, you you are a little bit more worried about him taking you know, pulling up off the bounce? What if Bain kind of borrows some of Ja's ball handling and creating off the bounce kind of stuff? Like what if you get Dylan Brooks healthy with all those guys? Like Everything just kind of keeps coalescing, and yeah, man, I mean, I think the, the thing that's cool about watching watching how it's progressed is they get into a tight game like the one against Cleveland last night, and you're, you're sort of leaning forward in your seat because you're like, well, I've been seeing them just blow people out for a while. What do they do against a really good team in a tight situation? And the answer continues to be impressive. Yeah, like... I don't know. We're, if we're going to start searching for things to pick out, we might have a tough 15, 20 minutes here. But it's been pretty. It's an awfully fun to watch.
0: Well, it's it's funny that you mentioned that because I somewhat sarcastically but somewhat seriously had been referencing the last couple of days. Like I want to see this team in a close game, not because right. not because like you know if you're down at the game and your team's blowing them out, like that's a fun night. You don't have to worry about anything. You can go enjoy your night down there. But at the same time, like I just. I wasn't really getting a whole lot of context out of what the Grizzlies were doing. They were beating the crap out of inferior teams. That's a skill. Like, that is the sign of a good team. Right. But you weren't really learning a ton, and I think that's kind of really the where I am with the Grizzlies. And the question is not necessarily whether or not the Grizzlies are good. I think they've clearly answered that question. They are good. I think the question is to what degree, because even with last night, while – I give them all the credit in the world for finding out ways to win. If you're someone that wants to nitpick, there's things you can nitpick. Like, you know, 32% from three. They yet again, they struggle in half court offensive situations. Jaron found himself in foul trouble again. Mm-hmm. And 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 things that you need things that you need come playoff time, there were things to nitpick. But at the same time, it's like well thirty one and thirteen kind of speaks for itself to some degree or at least it has to so like that, those are kind of the questions that I've been weighing with this team
1: no that makes a ton of sense, and I think the the, 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 the positives you take from it are when you look at sort of how you stack up against the the you know the upper echelon the uh, website cleaning the glasses a statistical website yeah. kind of, it strips out garbage time numbers so like the, all the numbers that they focus on are just when the game is sort of competitive for the most part uh, if you look at just the teams that are the top 10 in point differential, so when you're playing against another team that's in the top 10 in point differential, the best record in the league is the, uh, the Celtics. They're 10-3 against those teams with a plus-9 net rating. The Grizzlies are right there. They're 10-5 with a plus-6.9 net rating. So that's if you just focus on what do you do when you're against the best the grizzlies have been the best team in the western conference so far and you know top 3 in offense best defense like the stuff that we've been seeing across the broader sample against those you know those those teams that you can bully they've also been bringing to bear like, when they've faced you know those, those uh, the upper echelon teams. Your, your point about the the half court offense is, you know, it's going to be borne out. A team that is that feasts, uh, is so much built on getting John North South, getting the op- on the offensive glass, and getting out in transition after creating turnovers. So much of that is, is still going to be like if you don't have multiple knockdown shooters on every possession, there's just going to be some 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 congestion and some uh, lack of clarity sometimes in the half court. But. I think the hope is, because they've been about league average in in half-court offense against those top ten teams. So, like, if you're average-ish against the best teams that you're going to play in the half-court, and the stuff that you do... And we saw it in the playoffs last year. It didn't translate every game all the time, but the offensive rebounding translated in a big way against uh, Minnesota, and it still gave Golden State a problem. Ja translates against whoever you put him in front of. Um, And then what Jaron can do, I mean, I think you're absolutely right to point to that as maybe the biggest X factor facing this team is just keeping Jaron Jackson on the floor. Um, we saw last night when he was on the floor against against Cleveland, he was putting a lid on the front of the rim. He was able to hold up out in space against uh, Darius Garland, and just the the extra dimension he provides offensively as either a spacer or another person to sort of uh, to, to you know face up and create. It's it's just a, it's an element that you can't replicate as easily elsewhere, and so. He's been doing better broadly this season at limiting the fouls. It's not, you know, I think before last night or the last time I looked at it, maybe a week ago. No, he he
0: clearly, he has been. The problem is the two big national games, the Denver game before Christmas Day and then Christmas Day, he got into foul trouble. But in general this year, you know what's been keeping his minutes down? The fact that they've been winning by 30. And he's there you know what I mean they're only you know like that's he's been doing a better job, but he had a bad night last night. He had two bad fouls close on closing out, you know, closing out that I thought were but overall I would think that he's I think it's safe to say he has been improved in that category.
1: Uh, yeah, that and then the fact that, you know, you they get into what was it, like a 13-3 hole off yes, the rip and right off the bat, and, and, yeah. And right off the bat. And, and and that some of that was the Grizzlies, you know, like Ja wasn't getting a call, and he sort of throws his hands up, you know, or yep. Jaron, or Jaron does get a call against him, he throws his hands up. And while you know, you, you certainly the, the Grizzlies have been really good at playing on the edge with with their emotion. Like, uh, you don't get the you know the runouts, you don't get the big dunks, you don't get the highlight reels and the and the blocks without some of that yapping. And that's like you you that you know that vibe is integral to who they are. It's kind of like. It's why I think that Dylan Brooks is like sort of the spirit animal for the team. Like, the, the, the emotion that they play with fuels them in a lot of ways, but that can also come back and bite you into situations, and it can put you behind the eight ball. And so, you, what, you know, but that's also part of the growth of a young team and the growth of an emotional, uh, an emotional team, too. And it's part of why Taylor Jenkins being such an even keel coach is really a good leveler for them and a good governor for them. All of that is stuff that they're you know, they going to need to, to process and solve as they go along, and I think all you can say so far is, I mean, yes, they are, they are. there are questions to answer in the same way that every team that basically wasn't the KB Warriors has yeah. questions to answer, right? But I think more often than not, they can get to the answers. And and last night was a really good example of a situation where when they were put to the test, they were able to come back through it, and then the final few possessions, it's can your – uh, your recipe translate. It's well. It's, it's jaw off the dribble creating, you know, get either, either getting a foul or putting the ball on the rim. So an offensive rebound can, can, you know, Steve Adams can go put it back in. And then on defense, well, we got the best interior defender in the league or one of them. And one of the best perimeter defender in the league or one of them. And those guys stand up when it, when it's it's, you know, it's time for it. That's the recipe, you know, panning out. That's the re- that that is the, the formula playing out for them, and uh, more often than not, <laughs> a lot more often than not this season, and especially over the last like month and a half or so, uh, it, it's been playing out.
0: We're talking with the senior NBA writer for Yahoo, Dan Devine, joining us, He's going to start joining us every Thursday here on the program. I think that's you're touching on something though. That's the other like question in the back of my mind, and I don't necessarily know if it's necessarily a question, but it's the I think there has to be a coming to grips with, it seems like we have, I don't know if we're out of it forever, but it seems like right now we are not in the super team era. And I do think mm-hmm. like what you're saying, like with the KD Warriors, like that completely broke my brain in terms of what I think about a, what a contender looks like. And then I think though, when you break it down like you just did, like okay, I don't know if Jaws playing a career level, but he is as close to career level, you know, as, if last year was his career year, he is, I think he's a better basketball player. I don't know if his numbers bear it out. But I think he's been better this year. Jaron is clearly playing the best basketball of his life. Dez is clearly proving that last year was not a fluke. Like he's even banged up and he's still playing at, at that same level. Dylan is, you know, I think this is the the best version you can ask of a Dylan Brooks. Like, yes, he can still be frustrating to people at times, but for the most part, this year he has been exactly what you wanted to be. Stephen Adams is, while he may be not having a career year, he's back to Oklahoma City, you know, form. <laughs> And then their bench has been pretty solid. Like, Santi Aldama has proven to be a legitimate basketball player. Tyus is a dependable, you know, seventh or eighth guy. And so, like, when you start to compare that out, that does sound like a contender. I don't know. It's just I, I still haven't, like, it's still not clicking with me yet. But I think that might say something more about the league rather than the Grizzlies. No, you,
1: absolutely. I, I think we, we've come to a place, and some of it is also, in, frankly, in the way we cover the league, right? Like, sure. There's a, there's a lot of focus on, you know, we all put on sort of our, uh, our, our, our chair GM hats and start thinking about, like, well, what's the, you know, how can you kind of, like, future-proof this team, or what, what's the, the hole you can poke, and how do you plug it? And uh, if you can't solve every problem uh, to make yourself sort of indefensible, well, then it's time to blow it up. And I think that the answer, like if you know, looking at the history of the league, if the answer is, or especially the last, you know, 20 years or so since, we, you know, with expansion and you moved out into like just a broader dispersal of talent, like the answer. There isn't always an answer for every eventuality. It's why styles make fights. It's why certain teams give other ones problems. It's why, you know, every franchise will say, like, oh, that guy always kills us. And yes. I was reminded of that with Karis LeVert last night. I'm like, Karis LeVert isn't always like this, but he certainly seems to be like this against Memphis when they see him. It's sometimes.
0: the C.J. McCollum, yeah, the, 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 the lifelong Grizz killers.
1: Yes, right, right. right, yeah. right. Um, but so the, the, the question is like, well, can you, it's not, are you sort of impermeable all the time? Can you create a, a scenario where whenever somebody is like, stop, you know, grinds you to a stop, well, you have the the antidote. It's can you get to your version of the game more often and more effectively than the other team? And can you eventually make them play your style? And that's why, I mean, what's one of the things that I found most refreshing about last year's postseason was like, I don't think that you know that that Warriors team was like a super team, but it was just like they were able to eventually, on a long enough timeline, make you play their game. And obviously, that did not pan out in the way that the Grizzlies fans would have hoped for. And a lot of things in that series with Ja getting hurt and with you know the suspension and yada yada yada, like things things didn't necessarily you know Des being hurt didn't necessarily pan you know, play their way. But I think it, it was refreshing from the perspective of. There are going to be multiple teams that can win the championship because they can get to their answers. And, and and also those teams can still lose in a series because an opponent might be able to, to sort of force them out of their style. And it's why, I mean, when you look at the two teams that are running away in the West right now, it's Memphis and it's Denver. And, I think you know, a more a casual fan watching it, and even some of the more sort of sober and reserved analysts watching it would still say, like, those are not, like, those teams can win everything. Those teams also could lose in round two if the wrong matchup hits them because, you know, like, you're, it's still going to be, can Jokic defend in space, can a uh, Nuggets team that's about league average right now on defense, is that going to be good enough when you, you know, get to get into a situation where a team can spread you out, uh, make him play pick and roll, and stuff like that. And then with Memphis, it's, well, we know they can defend, but are they going to be able to find enough offensive answers if Ja gets bottled up? You know, is Bing yeah. going to be able to be that guy? Is Jaron going to be able to be that guy? Can they keep Jaron on the floor? I think that's healthy. I think that's like, it's, it's indicative of a, a positive sort of change throughout the league where it's not just that you have parity night tonight. night, although frankly, that, that means more teams and more fan bases have a reason to be interested on a night-to-night basis throughout the regular season. But it's also like, It's not just a predictable, you know, algorithm. And at the end of it, this is who's going to win. There's different teams playing different styles with different strengths and different weaknesses. And I I don't know. I think the the end result of all that, I think, could be a pretty compelling postseason.
0: Well, I think you make a good point in the sense that part of the problem might be the way that we cover it. Because in the end, we've spent the last at least the last 15 years that that I can remember, so much of the conversation is about MVP who's the like yeah. you know who's who's going to win the west who's going to win the east rather than i don't know let's kind of like enjoy this ride but that is also a big question for me which is how much of a predictive indicator is the regular season going to be for the playoffs because it seems to me i don't know if it's the least it's ever been i'm not enough of a historian it does seem to me at least in my lifetime this seems to be about the least that the regular season is as a predictor for the postseason, but that's not necessarily a bad thing. You know what I mean?
1: I, I think you're absolutely right. And, 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 you know, you look at it, you know, baseball has, has some, something to teach us here a little bit where it's like, okay, but, you know, the Dodgers can, you know, build the best. or almost maybe like, it's like Formula One racing or something yes. like that, right? It's like you can build the best uh, vehicle. You can sort of like have the best engine, the most streamlined chassis, whatever, But like, and and so sometimes that means over the over the course of a you know a a, a large enough sample, you're just going to win because that's the way it's sort of put together. But the thing that 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 uh, a postseason series and in the NBA especially, because there are so few people that are sort of dictating the terms on a possession by possession basis, like the matchups matter maybe more than anywhere else in in any other sport there is uh, on a possession by possession basis or on a series basis because it's not just we have better talent overall. It's what, what specific things can we dictate to you to, to puncture you and, to, and to, to mitigate those advantages you've got and to exploit the weaknesses you've got. And I think you know the, the, the important thing for the Grizzlies is, from, the, from this perspective right now, is you've got a guy that can do that. John Morant is the, guy, is the kind of guy who can do that. And Taylor Jenkins is very, and that staff are very good about putting him in positions to do that. And the question is just like are you, is, there, is the, is the, when it collapses on him, are other guys going to be able to step up and make plays? And I think you, you look at it and say, you feel, you have to feel better about that surrounding talent and about the, the collection of, of complementary pieces around him, whether it's Bane continuing to make, you know, not just being that knockdown shooter, but also continuing to grow as a playmaker, Jaron continuing to show growth on his offensive game, all of the, and then as you mentioned, sort of the, the raft of secondary players. It's just, you get back to that existential question of, is this the time to say, is there one guy that we can turn two or three of those guys yeah. into who makes us a better player in that, in that capacity? And, like, I don't know, if, you know, if like, OG Ananobi's really out there for a couple of picks, maybe that's a question, but I think beyond that, it's hard to see, you know, who, who's your home run swing right now. And even if that is out there in that way, man, do you want to mess with what, what's been such, you know, such such a good thing and, and such an you know, important overall growth? Those are, you know, big questions for Zach Kleiman and company to answer, and I'm sure they're thinking about them. You know, they're they're boiling the coffee and they're staying up late thinking about them. You know, uh, as we get closer to the deadline here, but what we've seen so far, I don't know if this if this is necessarily going to be predictive of the you know the postseason, but I do know it gives you a lot of confidence that when you get into the problem solving component against another team in the postseason, you've maybe got more answers than you used to have.
0: No, I, I think that's more than fair, and I mean. You know, I, I think, like you said, you know, kind of how we kind of fantasy book the NBA, and we're trying to be essentially we cover it as as GMs. I think I think the problem is a lot of these teams that are even are the quote unquote contenders have flaws. So you see things that you could fix, and I think it's very easy with the Grizzlies. Like, well, if you could give them another shooter, that'd really help. But I think the reality is, I think they view that move as Danny Green, you know, trying to see what it is and. I, you know, whether or not that's right or wrong or prudent, you know, that's not really for me to say one way or the other. I think the way that I would phrase it is I think I'm at the point where I don't think they make a move unless John Morant says they need to make a move, and I don't think that's going to happen.
1: Yeah, I mean, it makes a ton of sense, especially given, you know, the, the, this is what you sort of de- you develop that leadership for, right? You, you, and it's, for sure. This guy believes he believes he can bring, you know, he can be the rising tide and he believes in the core they've got together and if that's the case and if everybody's pulling in the same direction in that way, then, you know, that they've got enough to do it right now. It may whether whether they, you know matchups will be dependent on that. Obviously, health will will play a major role in it, but what you've seen over these the, the first couple of months of the season and particularly to me since Jaron came back these last couple of months, I mean, I don't look at I don't see how you could look at the team and say anything, but we deserve to we we have we deserve to believe that we can be one of those last few teams left standing. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights.